for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Most of you know that I, I do a group on Tuesdays. And so last night, I, I wrote this, what I'm going to talk about tonight, I did about five, six months ago, and it, and it was held off. And last night I was I had something to pre, to teach with the girl with the the group, and God brought this back out. So and then of course I we had two weeks off and welcome back everybody for Wednesday nights. Whoop whoop! I miss them. Um, yeah, it's like what the weeks feel so long, right? Um, anyway, so I uh, so I had had time to write and read and study and be with the Lord and all those things, fast, everything I, you know, to, to be prepared for tonight. And you know what? I, God said, okay, you're going to do this again. So I, you know, I, I got messages. Everyone, the love that I have from everyone in this body is incredible. I get just thoughts out to me and their little um, messages from God to put me in the direction I need to be in because I was going in another direction. And then I got messages like, fight. I got someone dreamt that I went into army gear this week. I mean, and I'm thinking, and then I had this message months ago and God brought it out last night. And I think he just wanted to prepare me for today, for, for now, which is a blessing because it would have been really horrible if I didn't look at it for five months and <laughs> came with that. <laughs> but he did give me a scripture this morning. I mean, not this morning. He gave me lots of things, but the, right before I got here. And it's John 14, 15, 31. If you love me, keep my commands. And, if I, if, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither, know, not, neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will, will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I, live, because I live, you also will live. On the day you will realize that I am in, the, in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will love my will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show them show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Ascariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey me, will obey my teaching. My father will love them and I will come to them and make make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my, word, my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remember you of, and will remind you of everything I have said to you peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard, 
you heard me say, I am going away, I am, not, I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now and let us leave. So I'm going to talk about um, spiritual warfare, how we, we're, we live on the, in the world, but we're not of the world, and how um, the Holy Spirit, I was, I was talking, when I, when I was studying with God, and of course this is now I know why he was doing this with me, the most precious, most important gift since the holidays are over is the gift of Jesus that I've ever received. I've looked everywhere to be filled, I've tried everything to be filled, fulfilled, and nothing but, but Jesus filled me up. And, and Jesus, when he talks here about we, we're, we're going to understand when he leaves, why it would be better for him to leave, it's because he wants to live in us. And that's what the Holy Spirit, that's him in us. And it's through obedience to that Holy Spirit that I found that I'm able to overcome. It's not even me, it's the Holy Spirit is able to overcome my vices. So when I'm, and, and I want to talk about um, virtues and vice versus vices, because that's the spiritual warfare, you know? I had a dream and, and I went into a place that was, it, it was like warfare. And it's real, and some of us can see more of it, depending on, you know, how much you're, you're, you're spending time with God. I'm going to just say it. You're spending time with God in the word, um, praying, um, fellowshipping with others. God will reveal more and more as you get draw into him and get closer to him. So when he says that he's going to send the Holy Spirit, that's the power that my whole life, I went to groups and they say power greater than yourself will relieve you from alcoholism or from lust or whatever. And I, no one ever said it was the blood of Jesus. They just told me it was a power and it could be a mountain and it could be a, a doorknob and it could be, you know, whatever. And, and but so I, no matter how much, no matter how many years I stayed sober, no matter how many times I tried to not get angry, it never worked. I couldn't not do it. I didn't have the power. I was literally, I was powerless. I was godless sunless, Holy Spiritless, filled. I, I was blank. No matter how much I tried to do the right thing. You know, I, I, my journey is literally from under the bridge to, to on the stage, basically, with, God, with the Lord, you know? And it's, it's been an incredible journey, and now it all makes sense as I walk forward. I know that everything in my life that I went through was for this moment, and it was to prepare me to fight the good fight of faith, the spiritual war that is around. I was losing. And it wasn't until I received the Holy Spirit and I understood and I fellowship with the Holy Spirit that I knew that that's, that was the only thing that was going to defeat the demons. And I say demons. Demons are anger, uh, sloth. They're, they're you know, uh, unforgiveness their spiritual darkness. And I was walking, I was the walking dead. I lived the movie, 
basically. And I was empty, and it was like, it, it was hell on earth for me. Um, and I didn't know how to get out of it. And everything everybody told me to try to do, I did, and it wasn't working. So when I, that's why when I was talking about Jesus being the greatest gift, he truly is. If it wasn't, if, if, if I didn't understand who Jesus was, I would have never received the Holy Spirit. He, knowing him, and I didn't know Jesus. It was a journey of, I mean, I knew of Jesus, but I didn't make him my Lord and Savior. There's a very big difference. And I can't just make him my Lord, and I just can't make him my Savior. He had to be my Lord and Savior. And I believe I went through steps on that. I don't think I automatically, boom, got hit with Jesus is Lord and Savior. It was because I believed in God first. It wasn't, it wasn't um, a healthy belief of God, but like, like, let's talk about the centurion. He believed in God. But it wasn't, he was praying every day. And all this, but when he, got, when he got met with the angel of light, he then saw Jesus. And I, that, that's the same experience. And I wanted more. I needed more. I wanted more. Because that freedom just in, in un, the light bulb, the, the awakening in my spirit, man, lit everything up for me. But not everybody. And there are people that stopped there. I'm going into the old thing too now. There were people that stopped there. They, you know, I didn't know about a sinner's prayer. I didn't take, I didn't do a sinner's prayer. I got hit with the Holy Spirit. I got hit with God, Jesus, in my bathroom. So I, it wasn't like I had to do this prayer, even though it's very good to do the prayer. So if you haven't done the prayer, please come see anyone here and we'll do the prayer. Uh, sinner's prayer to, to, to receive Jesus in your heart as Lord and Savior. Um, so when I received Jesus, when, I, when, the, when the awakening happened for me, I, I believe I was in my kitchen, to be honest with you. I know I was in my house somewhere. And I was talking about him being, comparing him to Elvis. I, I think I've shared this before. Uh, Elvis, Thomas Edison, just a great guy. Like, like when they say, who do you say I am? And they say, oh, you're the prophet. You're the, that was me. And, um, but I, I prayed to God. I, I was Catholic. I believed. I knew heaven and hell. Um, but I didn't know it in a spiritual sense. I didn't see it. I saw it in a natural sense. And the only way the eyes can open to the Spirit is through the Holy Spirit. That's it. You know, so I, when, I, when I received Jesus, I don't even, the awakening of the Holy Spirit wasn't there. It was the Spirit man. I was still acting like my old self in the beginning. I mean, I did light bulbs were going off and I was I, I got a hunger but I still was cursing and doing those things and I didn't as I as I was being led and told about laying hands about putting you know asking for the Holy Spirit those things happened I and I immediately started coming here which was a blessing I, I spent a year someone else but somewhere else but this this was the biggest blessing for me because it was the right teaching the right direction from the start which is a gift, you know, it tr truly is. And Pastor Tom has is anointed, and believe me, my life. I don't. I, I not only have I changed, but nothing I see, do, hear, speak, everything changed in my life. Not that everybody changed, but they've changed to me. And it's all due through teaching, spending time with God, like all the things that we're taught here. So I don't even know where I'm going with that. That, that's just thrown out there. But anyway, so I, <laughs> so I get saved, right? And, um, and now I'm, I'm trying to 
battle um, all these things. So I get the Holy Spirit, and I'm told that that's the power. I learn that that's the power that's going to, but the only way is by being obedient to it. Well, what does that mean? What did it look like? It looked like reading the word, and even if you don't want to, humility. Even if I didn't want to do what God was saying, to humbly put myself before him and believe that his word was greater than what I believed. That, to me, was the description of humility, and I still have to do that. There are times when I think, you know, like even tonight, you know, I was battling with, I don't know anything. And God's like, you're holy. And I'm like, oh, forgive me. You know, because I, I, I could step out of it. Anybody, you know, like, I, listen, I can only speak for myself. I could drive behind somebody and get very impatient in a second. So I call on Jesus when that happens. And I repent. And that's, that's the big key. When Jesus came here, the first thing he told us, repent. The kingdom of God is here. I'm here. You know, to, to show you, to show you how to live, to show you how to walk, to show you how to speak. And, um, and so when I'm finding myself in trouble or in turmoil or in darkness or in struggle, I have to think to myself, it's not about the person, place, or thing. Whether they're right or wrong is not the, the issue anymore for me. It's what am I doing? How am I seeing this? How am I acting in this, in, this, in this situation? Who am I believing? Because that's a big key too. I will believe only what I put inside of me. I believed alcohol was gonna make me feel better. I believed drugs were. I believed a guy was. I believed pocketbooks were. <laughs> but I had to change, renew the mind. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit comes in and gives you the power to renew your identity, to renew your mind. Nothing, nothing else can. There's nothing else that can do that. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, so let me um, just, because I did all that, uh, let's just go to heavenly virtues versus worldly vices. And I said all that to say that we have the power to change every, every vice in our life right now as we sit here. It's in us. So it's up to us now, now that I said all that, to call on the Holy Spirit and ask for guidance and ask for him to lead so that you, if anything triggers in your heart, praise the Lord. I, I always say to, to the people that I, I'm around, I always say that's just a, a sign and symptom. It's a good thing when you get tugged. You could either take it as being condemned or being convicted. I like convicted. I used to think everything was condemning. But today, I look in conviction. And that changes my thinking, and it makes me more open and willing to change. So it's just words that we have to renew in our, in our belief system. So virtues means, and this is from the dictionary, conformity to a standard of right, morality. I, I want to just describe what virtue is. Um, a beneficial quality of a power of a thing. Oh the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, manly strength or courage, uh, valor. So it gives us the strength and courage to be able to operate with the virtues of God. I could never be patient and kind on my own. I couldn't. But through the Holy Spirit teaching me, 
and me allowing and being in agreement with the Holy Spirit and cooperating with the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit habitate in me, I can then be patient. So it's, that's, the, that's like for me, the process of stepping out into virtue. Um, vice, moral depra- depravity or corruption, a moral fault or failing, habitual and usually trivial defect or shortcoming. Now, I come from the background of, you know, uh, I got sober in 91, so I, I got a, a, a blessing without knowing. I thought it was a curse because I was like, 21, I, I'm getting sober? It was like, for me, I was like, I'm legal. But it was a blessing. <laughs> it was a blessing because I went back to school. I got a life, children, husband. And I went into, um, I'm a therapist. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm a child of God, and I work for the Holy Spirit. But uh, in the world, for many years, I worked as a therapist, mental health. And um, so shortcomings is a big word in that arena. You know, uh, we don't use sin. I use sin today because, and we, when, I, when I'm in our groups and when I'm with people, I don't say, I say whenever shortcoming comes up, I say sin. Whenever alcoholism comes up, I say sin. Whenever anger comes up, I say sin. So it's, tra- it's teaching others that what sin really looks like because we think, well, it's legal, I can do it. Blah, 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 blah curse sin because I have to think if I won't do that here when I come into my father's house here I am my father's house I shouldn't be doing it here so that's the teaching that you know God has turned my therapeutic education into which is awesome because I get it and it's really cool and it's great to watch other people the lights go on when they understand that it's just, you know. And sin is something that myself, I don't want to be sinful. It's not what I really want to do. But because I'm making, I don't know, ignorance, lack of knowledge, I don't know the difference, I'm more likely to do, to, to, to do something that I feel is right. And it's not about feelings. It's about truth. So it doesn't matter what I feel. And that's a big one, too, when you're talking with others. It doesn't matter what you feel. It matters what's true. What does the Bible say? What does God say about this? And that's, how, that's what I always refer to, and that's what I guide others to. And I will support that, but it has to come from God. You know? So humility, verse, when you're, when you're, when you're um, in pride... Pride looks like loving and esteeming one, oneself above others and above God, the root of all sin. That's Satan's sin, Lucifer, who now is Satan, right, is pride. So when you're feeling, when you know that pride is coming, and believe me, we know, if you want to deal with your pride, if that's been coming up, then look at humility. Humility is what fights pride. And humility is selflessness, recognizing that skills, talents, and all good qualities are gifts from God. And the Holy Spirit gave me humility because no matter how many times I thought I was humbling, coming on, I always thought humility meant I was less than you. That has nothing to do with it. When the Holy Spirit is, when you're, when you're, act, 
when you're walking humility with the Holy Spirit, it has nothing to do with being less than anybody. It actually is, is feeling right. It's feeling peace. It's always that way. Um, humility overcomes the sin of pride. God humbles the proud and exalts the humble. Pride is the devil's sin. And just like him, Satan wants us to hold ourselves up as God. Everything we have is from God, and everything we do is derived from the, the, gifts, um, the gifts he has given us. By being modest, we can turn out outwards and lift up those around us. So in humility, I have um, the scripture, Proverbs 11.2, and it says, When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the, with the humble is wisdom. So that, when, when, and when, as you get discerning when you're with others, and we're supposed to, you know, pull the plank, but make sure, pull the, the speck, make sure your plank is out. These are the, this is when, when you go to your fellow. Instead of going to your fellow and say, hey, look, you, you know, you hurt me. Go with the word. Go with the word, you know, and, and try to help that person have, have something, ammunition, for their war, for their battle, a, a piece of armor. Go with the word about what it is when someone's in struggling. Um, for pride, it's ten, uh, Psalms 10.4. The wicked in his proud countenance, facial moods, that's like how he's acting, facial moods, does not seek God. God is none of his thoughts. You know, when he's like, whatever. So, okay. And then we have generosity versus Greed. Generosity is the one that beat, defeats greed. I mean, God defeats it all, but it's God's generosity. It's his heart that's going to come in and defeat greed. Um, generosity is giving of time, talents, and gifts freely, realizing that no material thing is more important than God. And that is the truth. I've experienced it because I've God, I've been blessed with it. And, and let me just share this. Because whether I knew God or not, or the way I knew God, when you're lining up, I've come to find out through my own reference of life. When you line up with the spiritual laws, it doesn't matter. God is not going to say only this person because they know me. It's a law. It's a spiritual law that, that's around everyone's entitled to it. Whether they loosen, tighten, they might not even know what they're doing. But you see successful people and you're like, well, why are they so successful? They're so mean or whatever, because I know some of them. It's because they line up with the spiritual principles. They don't even know they're lining up. with. I know they're lining up with the spiritual principles because I see the way they act. The way, not the way they act. The way they're thinking. Your thinking can be one way, can be right, but you're acting wrong. Hmm, very different. So... So I'm getting a little comfortable, right? <laughs> so that's important to know <laughs> because uh, because when you're under the spiritual law, in my life, I accumulated a lot because I was with someone that had a business-savvy sense. And it was very, and I always say, oh, if you just look this way, you'll see Jesus, and everything will change because it changed for me. It changed for me because... Whatever I have is unto the Lord. And I really believe that's, that's fully, that's when you're fully in agreement. You're, 
how do I say, justified, sanctified, and glorified, glorifying God. I don't want to, you know, make a, make a mistake making anybody think anything else. But then you're in the fullness of, of God, basically, in that area, in that area. So, but there's a lot of other rooms in the house, you know. So uh, I could be full, you know, clean out the house and make sure no other demons and put Jesus in there. The Holy Spirit is in that room. That's it. But then I still have a problem with impatience when I'm driving. I have to work, you know, and then I have to remember, call on Jesus. And the more I practice his word about patience, the more he, the, 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 the more the, he could get it, the further in the room he can get. And then I could shut the door and leave it shut. And then I won't have that problem. But every time it comes up, I repent, Father God, forgive me, and he's back in. You know, and that's, that's what it is. It's that simple. But the thing is, we got to keep him in and everything else out. It's like the garden. He, had a, he couldn't be in the same place. So once I start doing that, he can't be in that room. So I have to repent for whatever it is. He comes back in, and I got to, if I stay in that place with the Lord, I won't do it anymore. All right, I'm on. Sorry, guys. All right, so anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where I am. Uh, we did generosity and greed, right? Oh, I was talking about, yeah, greed. Um, so generosity, two, uh, Second uh, Corinthians 9, 6 says, but I say, he who sows sparingly will, will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountiful will also reap bountiful. And it doesn't, like I said before, but I do want to read this. Generosity overcomes the sin of greed. Our lives can be filled with a yearning for material things. Mine was. Material objects can block our vision of Christ, who told us to give, the po- give to the poor. This means not only do we give what we have in access, a- excess, but to surrender our time, our money, and our spiritual gifts to those in need, which is really awesome, spiritual gifts. I love that because sometimes just running, just having a group is doing that. Just stopping someone and talking about God is doing that. It's that, it's God just made it part of everything we do. We don't even have to think about it. Um, so, uh, and then in greed, Proverbs 28 25 we have he who is of a, a, a proud heart stirs up strife but he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered the greed the greedy stir up conflict but those who trust in the Lord will prosper and that's um, 28:25 and that's from two different the NIV, and the New King James. Okay. And then we have chastity versus lust. So chastity is abstinence. It, I know we all think it's, and it could be. It also is sexual and all that, but it's also abstinence, abstinence, practicing abstinence of things that are sinful, basically. You know, temperance, purity in conduct and intention, morally pure. So, and that's what defeats lust. So feeling a sensual desire for something, covered, hunger, thirst, physically gratifying. That's when I want what I want. I want to feel good. It's all about feelings. And that's when I know that when I'm all about 
my feelings or if I feel if, if fear or anxiousness or anything, I'm not going to get it, anything like that, then I stepped into my flesh. I stepped into my desires. And that's when I need to step back. And I know alcohol, for me, drugs, made me feel good, worked. They made me feel good. They got me out of whatever I was feeling. Today I choose not to. And you know, let me just share this also because this is a good example. They used to tell me that the only thing between you and a drink is God, right? And I never understood it. So when, because I didn't know God, I didn't know after many years, I relapsed with my husband. And we, we, came, we sold our company. But when he drank that night, I was not, I didn't wake up that morning and say, I'm gonna drink. I mean, I had double digits. I'm not gonna, you know, that's not what I do. I mean, I'm, I've been sober longer than I ever drank. So that morning we had sold a company and he, we, you know, we have arrived or whatever. And he said, he drank. And I looked at my brother and I'm like, what do I do? Like, what do I do? Because I didn't have, my foundation was Bob, was him, was my family, was my house, was my things. And so when he did that, I thought, I don't want to lose everything. Today, I totally understand what that means. There's nothing that can separate me from God. There's nothing unless I choose to make it separate me from God. And that's, that's a decision. So I understand that my honor for God is so strong that I don't desire it, I don't want it, and even if it comes into my head, the Holy Spirit helps me think right about it because I've practiced with the Holy Spirit. And that's really important because you can do that with anything in your life that's kind of making you always fall, fall, fall for it, fall for it. You don't have to fall for it. All right, so um, chastity overcomes the sin of lust. Everyone could use more chastity. That's purity of conduct, abstinence, um, in a world that is, is constantly displaying sexual limits, FaceTime, uh, commercials, sporting event you see it all around us right so this is this is you know maybe not i don't watch what i i don't even watch tv that much anymore and and it's not because i made a conscious decision to do it it's because the holy spirit made a decision to do it and that all happened when i started to um say when god said i want do a group so i said okay how am i gonna what am i gonna do do you know i spent a time the time i spend with god i didn't even know that I could spend all this time, he made the way. I didn't plan for it. I didn't, I didn't even ask for it because I wouldn't even know to ask for it. But he's made my life so that I can get what I need to do what he needs me to do. And, I, and it just works out that way. And I don't feel, nothing in my life feels like it's changed. It just happened, you know? And that's because when we let him lead, it's easier. If I had a thought like me, I'm like, oh, I got to spend time. I find even in the past, because when I got the property, I did that. I put that before God, before when he told me I should have it. And it's a lot harder to push the cart behind the horse, you know? So it took many years, but it's finally behind the horse. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> okay. So thank you, Jesus. You're so good to us. Oh, chastity. First Thessalonians 4.3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, 
that you should abstain from sexual immortality and so much more that is not of God. And you will, that's just the truth. Um, lust. One, one, first John 2.16 says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes from comes comes not from the Father, but from the world. So that's right there. I'm in my flesh. I want things of, of the world. Meekness versus anger. Meekness, acting with patience, mercy, and charity when resolving conflict, patience, long-suffering, a spirit of conflict, especially those caused by others. That's a hard one, but we could do it. <laughs> um, anger, acting in hostility or desiring revenge caused by stressful or frustrating situations. Meekness overcomes the sin of anger. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the world. When he was confronted by anger, angry crowds who wanted to torture him, throw him off cliffs, stone him, we could just keep going, he prayed for them. How often do we become upset and consumed by trivial matters? Use Christ as your model, control your anger and resentment, and cultivate patience through, the, through his virtues. That's how you can do it. So, and you always say, Jesus is so meek, but he was so powerful in his meekness. It's, it's pretty, it's awesome. He would just, they're all rioting, and he's just walking away. And then he was there. He said this last night. And then he was over there. And then he was over there. As they're all rioting, and it just tells you that even in the midst of the riot, you could be over there. You don't have to be in it, you know? So Proverbs 9.11 a person's wisdom yields patient, patience, and this is part of meekness. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Praise the Lord. Anger, Psalms 37, 8. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. All right, and then we have kindness versus envy. Kindness is hoping the best of others. Brotherly love, selfishness a concern for other well-being, for an other, another well-being. And I, I have to tell you, I, I didn't know that I suffered from not being, I mean, I always like to do things for people, but I really was doing them in the past. Um, out of, I thought it was out of kindness, but it was really out of people-pleasing or fitting in or, you know, not wanting to have somebody upset or, or you know, just, or for something that I wanted, basically. And that's not what kindness is. Because kindness is when you might not have it, but you say, from the kindness of my heart, I want to give it. That's what, that's what that is. That's what that looks like. And sometimes you do have it, but the kindness, something happened to me the other night that kind of altered me. I was walking out of Publix, and there was a man in the shadow. Now I'm walking out, I have bags, and, and I heard, I didn't, I, I thought, I didn't hear anything, I thought he was on the phone. And it was, do you have some change? It was very low, but not like begging, not even getting my attention. And I 
thought he was on the phone. So I get in my car, I unload the car, I sit down, and God said, he asked you for some change. And I was like, he was talking to me, he was on the phone. And then I'm looking, and I'm like, maybe he isn't, maybe I, and then he brought it to my remembrance, and it was very clear, do you have some spare change? Like as if he said it to me right there. So I went into my bag, and I went to him, and I gave him some money, but I didn't give it to him right away. Because I wanted to talk to him. I never done that before. And I started to talk to him about Jesus. But I didn't stop right away. I asked him, where are you going? What are you doing? And he was, he was clean. He's like, I take a shower at the beach. I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't, he, he was traveling. And he was just, just hitchhiking, basically. And he had a duffel bag. And it felt odd to me. He wasn't like the, the, the people that we see. I deal with, you know, I'm with the homeless. I, I, I you know, sometimes I'm, I even help Susan. And it was a little different. And so I, I talked to him about Jesus, and, and he's like, well, you know, some people need to feel about the universe. And I'm like, okay. So I said, do you mind, before I left him, <laughs> he's talking about the universe and everybody needs to have a place. I said to him, do you mind? And now I'd never done this before in a way that was very intimate. I, it, it, it changed my thinking and I said do you mind if I pray for you and he looked at me he goes well if you want and I'm like can I lay my hand on you and I used to skeeve people all right and he started me with the animals the homeless animals so I put them and then homeless people but so now for me you know I'm like can I do that so I said a prayer and you know blessing and for his heart to open and his eyes and maybe to you know get some intercessing and all that and I looked at him and I said, you probably get this all the time. And he says, no one's ever prayed for me. Or, and I said, and, or, or put their hands, or laid their hands on me. I said, well, praise the Lord. I went to my car and I, I, I gave him more money, but I got, I started crying in the car because it was very, it was intimate. It was, I, I feel like that was God. You know, when he says, did you feed did you feed the poor? That's what God told me when I sat in the car. And it felt that way. And that is different. That's, that's different. When you're, when you're giving from God, it's a different experience because it's very intimate. And I, I knew. I, he's like, that's, that's me. So I just wanted to share that. It just changed me. It changed me. And that's God's fingerprint in my heart. Like he changed me in other things. I remember those days when I got changed. You know, from the day I got my first spiritual man awakening to everything that's ever changed in my life when I stopped watching ID investigation. I remember that day. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. And I haven't watched it since. That's the, that's the kiss. That's, the, that's God's finger. That's the commandments that he used with his finger, right, in our heart. And it's so awesome. All right, sorry. I want another thing again. Kindness versus envy. All right, we did that, right? Uh, kindness, our love for someone should be without bias or, spi- or spite. God blesses each of us in a different way. Envy will cause a rift in your relationship with God and others. Look upon your life with positivity rather than counting the ways God hasn't blessed you. So kindness is hoping the best for others, and, re- and envy is resenting others for their gifts, qualities, or possessions. 
desire to have someone's qualities, gifts, or possessions. I sometimes still suffer from that, but I immediately, when it happens, and sometimes it happens when I'm in my ex's presence and his wife. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> going to get honest here. <laughs> when I'm just going to share. It's For me, it's sometimes very difficult to know that, and thank God, God, God brought me on this journey, so I'm not regret. There are no regrets, no regrets. But the lifestyle, sometimes I, I can see, and I'm like, you know. But I immediately either are getting on the phone with somebody, I'll stop praying, Father, forgive me, you know, um, for envy or or coveting, you know. Those are things that sometimes because I, and I have. Listen, it's not that I don't have or whatever. It's just that. When I'm covering over someone else's, and I could get it, but I choose not to because it's not unto the Lord. It's a difference, and he reminds me of these things. When I'm in repentance, he can remind, he can, I can hear him. But when I'm not, I can't hear him because all I'm thinking about is the enemy telling me, be jealous, get angry, fester. But I don't want to be that person. I don't. And the only thing between me and envy is God. And that's really important because that's the thing. God is the saving grace in my life. You know, I get, I get right away, what am I, why is this happening? Why am I looking too long over there? And it's not, you have to, you know, it's just the things that he's working on in me. He's making me realize I'm looking too long. It's his sign and symptom for me to look at myself, not at the bag. <laughs> okay. So uh, Ephesians 4.32, in kindness, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgive one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Praise the Lord. And envy, Proverbs 14.30, says, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. And, you know, that's really important because there's a spiritual curse right there. All right. So if you if you're walking around with bitterness, it may take time, but eventually bones, joints, things start to hurt. We have to let this stuff go. Unforgiveness, bitterness. And I I think James is going to be preaching the next couple of weeks, which is really good because you'll hear more about it. But it's true. We have to clean our hearts because you you know, we have our spirit, our soul, right? And then we have our body. If we're not in fullness, something's getting hurt. Something's not going to be complete. And, you know, so we have to feed. When we do daily bread with, with Jesus, it's everything. It's, it's, his, it's the spirit, the soul, and the body that needs to be pure. And when your soul is right, your mind gets right and that's the flesh that's your your mind is actually your body your spirit is your thoughts your emotions and all that so the mind am i right pastor about that praise god i just want to make sure because that's the way i i, I heard it you know sometimes <laughs> anyway so the mind right becomes your your it's part of the body when your mind is right your body gets even healthy it's your body getting healthy when your mind is right so praise the lord all right. Um, so Proverbs 20. Oh, wait a minute. Where, where, where was I? Oh, envy. Um, so we did that. Okay. So now we have uh, diligence versus sloth. 
following God's diligence is following God's will, even if it means sacrificing comfort. The attention and care legally expected and required of a person giving a degree of care required, firm, firmness of purpose, perseverance, hard and careful work, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Sloth, denying God's will for the sake of comfort, avoiding either spiritual, mental, or physical work, laziness, habitual unwillingness to work or make any effort. If you're having a hard time and I'm not condemning anybody, please, because I, even doing this, I thought I had all this time, you know, and I was studying, and I'm writing, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not going to use that, and then I feel like I don't have time, and then I'm like, oh, my God. It's not to condemn anybody. It's hopefully the Holy Spirit, if it's anybody in here with sloth that they can't get into the Word, they, they, don't, they can't find time. Listen, some, I, I, I can be slothful at times, and I have to... Make a covenant. I make a covenant with God. I make a commitment with God. It's a relationship. I have to make a, let's go to dinner every Thursday. You know, I, listen, he's my husband. He's my husband. And thank God I don't have a fleshy husband right now because I am, am able to practice 100% of myself to him. So I understand being his wife. And, you know, it's, and I'm blessed because I get to spend time with him like most women spend with their husband. It's really awesome. You know, so just maybe, you know, check yourself. And because it's not that God doesn't want to spend time with us or that God won't make time with us. He has it. We just have to tell him we're going to show up. And he'll make it for us. He'll make the time for us. It's that simple. Diligence overcomes the sin of sloth. The virtue of diligence aids us in fulfilling our duties and cultivating a strong work ethic. Sloth draws us into being lazy in all aspects of life, physically and spiritually. We should develop our talents and gifts rather than keep them wrapped up in sloth. Because God, every one of us, has gifts and talents. And, you know, sometimes sloth is, I don't feel like doing that, and it could be just maybe journaling, and that you're a writer. You won't know until you step out into it, you know? So just repent if it's happening. Sloth, I repent for sloth, you know, rebuke it and move on. It's beautiful because you have that opportunity to do that. God made it so easy for us. Um, Proverbs twelve twenty four: the hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will, put, will, will be put to forced labor. And sloth, ten, um, ecclesiastes 10.18 says, because of laziness and building decay, the building decays, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. So that's your house, that's your temple. Sloth only hurts you, the place where God wants to dwell and be whole and solid with you. Temperance, first uh, verse gluttony. Temperance, taking all things in restraint and to the point of goodness, in thought, action, or feeling. Gluttony, habitually consuming to an, act, to an excess, overindulging of food, drink, or wealth items, particularly a status symbol, can be a sign of a person, a country, a, a person's wealth, a country's wealth. Or gluttony could be when you find yourself 
eating more than it, and I'm not talking about gluttony, I'm talking about when you're, when you're consuming more than you normally would, okay, in anything. It could mean this, something's eating you up. And that's just a symptom and a sign to say, wait a minute, why am I eating more than I normally do? It's checking yourself. God gives us all this for his good so that we can walk in peace and love and unity. All right, um, 1 Peter 5, 8, temperance. Be sober, be vigilant, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, wants, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And in gluttony, Proverbs 23, 19, 21, hear my son and be wise. Uh, guide your heart in the way, it, and guide your heart in the way. Do not mix with wine bibbers or with gluttonous eaters of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will cloth a man with rage. And gluttony wants us to give into our self-gratification for eating and drinking, among other things. Temperance is our ability to control ourselves and these desires. We may fall into the trap of self-indulgence, but during these times, we can call upon the virtue of um, moderation. You know, we can say, God gave me the spirit of moderation. And then you receive it, you declare it, and you walk it. So I, I did, um, I have something for everyone, because originally I was going to talk about the greatest gift. I did, and he is the greatest gift. I'm still talking about the greatest gift. And since the holiday is over, everybody can take one. It's um, oil from Israel in a little, um, it's holy oil. And because that, that, that's, here we go, the Holy Spirit, anointing, use it. When you're feeling, put it, you know, put it on, anoint another person, it's in you. But I, I got that to kind of like, yeah, just give them out. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.